You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 73 of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm Mary Clavier, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie Lieberman. Today, we have a special guest with us, producer Don Jackson, who is usually behind the scenes, but today we are bringing him on the show. Jamie just got back from a speaking event, and I went to a speaking conference a few weeks ago, so we wanted to bring Don on here to change it up a bit and interview us on what we do for speaking. We've had a lot of questions about either people being scared to start speaking or why should they speak or how should they go about it. So we're going to be covering a lot of different questions for you. Hey, Jamie. Hi, Mary. Hi, Don. Hi, Don. (laughs) Hello, ladies. How are we? How are we? We are fine. How are you? We are great. What do you guys want me to say? Do you want me to say, hey, what's up? Or you could be like, how are you guys? I don't know. How are we? Sounds like such a funny thing to say. Yeah, it was funny. I liked it. (laughs) This is probably why I'm behind the microphone and not on the microphone. Among many, many, many other reasons. So thanks for coming on, Don. We haven't had you on yet since we launched the podcast, have we? No, this is is the first time. Oh my gosh, you're so lucky. I think my fans are lucky that I'm back on here. Uh, All two of them. It's two more than I have none. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on to interview us because Mary and I sort of approach speaking a little bit differently and we're at different parts of how we speak and you speaking in our businesses. And so we thought it might be cool if we talked about sort of the real world applications of speaking, our journeys to get where we are today and where we hope to go. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I've heard I've heard you speak quite a few times, Jamie. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, Mary, I have not had the pleasure. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm it's a, it's pretty neat. I'm a delight. You haven't you haven't attended any of my career panels that I've spoken at, Don. <laughs> I've seen Mary I have, speak. I've not. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. Jean I have has. multiple times. I'm, I'm sure she's an amazing speaker. She's awesome. Actually, over the over the years that I've seen Mary speak, she's gotten way like it's unbelievable mm-hmm. when you see someone when they first start. I'm sure you could say that about me, right, Don? Because you saw me when I was just maybe a year or two. The, when we first met, it was maybe a year or two into me starting to speak. And I'm sure you'd say that the difference between when I started is very different than where I am now. And I can say that about Mary. Yeah, the hand gestures are more pronounced now than they were at the beginning. (laughs) I was going to say, insert (laughs) remark from Don. Seriously. What type of joke? (laughs) Well, I thought it was really interesting. And one of the reasons I was interested in doing this podcast and doing it in this way is because this weekend I was at Women in Travel Summit and I spoke twice. I spoke one time with Jenny Guy, the marketing manager from Mediavine, and we spoke about monetization, which isn't sort of a, a legal talk. It was more about the business of how you monetize when you're a content creator. And then I also gave my legal talk and I spoke to, I FaceTimed with my kids and my older son. I had sent him a few pictures to show him what it looked like because I like him to see that I speak and what I do because, you know, I'm away sometimes. So it's kind of nice for them to have sort of a visual representation of what I'm doing. And my older son said, do you get nervous when you speak anymore? And I thought about it for a second and I don't anymore. I used to like almost black out and leave my body, but now I don't even think about it. And it's really interesting how that change has happened over the years. Yeah, it's true for me too. Actually, I, I mean, I still get nervous for sure, but less than I did in the beginning, or I get nervous about different things. Like even small things used to make me nervous before. So now it doesn't happen maybe as much. And I tell myself some nerves are good. Absolutely. No, it's, you can't get complicit. But the prep is different too now versus when I first started. I used to practice like crazy. And I will when it's a new talk. But if I'm talking about something I sort of talk about on a daily basis, I don't really need to practice as much as I used to. So the speaking conference I went to a few weeks ago, Tap to Speak Live up in Boston, it was fantastic. And one of the things that they talked about on stage was winging it. This was a a key takeaway for me. When people are nervous, they think they don't want to practice ahead of time because they just want to prolong and push it off because they don't want to be living in that nervousness. So they don't practice ahead of time. And then they get on stage and they're like, okay, I just want to get this over as quickly as possible because I'm still nervous. And then it flops on them. So you do, there is an element of needing to practice so that you don't do that and don't flop. And the practicing will actually make you less nervous. I, but I think a lot of people don't think about it that way, you know. I definitely agree when you're starting out, you have to practice 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm also a proponent of not bringing anything on stage. I think you need to know your talk so well and what you're going to say that you can just have a conversation with the audience. I don't bring notes or note cards or anything up with me. I just know it well enough. So if I don't know it well enough to do that, then I have to practice. Okay, so before we get too far into it, let's talk about let's talk about the why. Why do you even want to speak? And since we're going to tackle this two ways, Mary, why don't you go ahead and answer first since you're just getting started with this speaking journey? And then Jamie, since you're an OG, why don't you go ahead and talk about why, why you started doing it and why you're continuing to do it? So for me, speaking, it brings up a couple of things. One of the ones that I feel very passionately about is just getting the message out there. So specifically for the underwear and brief transitions, I I'm very passionate about women having the supplies that they need postpartum for their recovery. Part of my messaging is just about my journey. I'm also very passionate about helping women leave corporate that have plans to leave corporate. They 
want to fulfill a bigger mission or they know they have a purpose in their life and they're trying to go after that. So I want to speak about my story and my experience through both the childbirth recovery starting product business and the building business and leaving corporate America as a way to help other people know that it's possible and know that it, yeah, that it can be done. It's a complicated thing to do. So it can be very overwhelming. So I know that's one of the reasons for me. Another reason for my product business, Brief Transitions, again, it's to drive awareness about postpartum recovery and drive sales, to be honest. So I use it also as a marketing tool. And for the Transitions Collective, it's about that support structure and building community for women that are going through these stages of business. So for me, I feel like there's a number of different reasons why people will speak, right? You could speak because you are looking to um, give a TED Talk and you want to practice. Um, those tend to be sort of more aspirational types of talks um, and want to cement you in ways as an expert in some area that's specific to what a TED Talk would be. Then I think there's people who want to get paid to speak. They want to be able to go and be coaches or consultants or trainers. And then there's people like me, and I think similar to like what Mary does, which are people who use it mostly for education and marketing. The reason why I started speaking was because there wasn't anyone who was speaking about legal issues in the blogging industry. And so somebody had to do it. And I was asked to do it, which I'm very grateful for, because it was just a topic that was needed and nobody was talking about it in a way that was accessible. What I quickly realized was the reason why people are so afraid of legal is often because lawyers are really unapproachable and and they feel inaccessible and they feel like they're talking down to you. So I quickly realized that if I'm going to market myself, I want to do it in a way where people feel comfortable with me. And so by doing that, it's by giving information, legal information, sometimes, sometimes business information in a way that makes people feel safe and comfortable and feel like they have someone they can call on if they need to. And so for me, I speak one because I love to educate people and make people feel empowered so that they have knowledge that they need. And two, it's because people remember me. They meet me and they realize we either connect or we don't. And if somebody connects with me, then that's great. And they may remember me or they may refer me to somebody else. So for me, it's really the primary way that I drive. I drive people to my business, whether it's for now or for later. One thing I do note is I'm not looking to necessarily convert a set number of people at any given time. It's more of a long strategy. So I just want people to know me, to feel comfortable with me, to remember me and to associate with me as the legal expert who works with creatives and entrepreneurs and influencer marketing professionals. So that that's why I speak. So I guess what you both are saying, both of your talks that you give or sessions that you do, it's kind of like Novocaine. It's a slow kind of, you know, <laughs> it's a horrible, uh, mean analogy. <laughs> you just said we drugged people. <laughs> no, yeah, think of a new analogy. <laughs> Oh, here's the thing about Novocaine. For me, anyway, I have to get like multiple times before it actually takes effect. But once it takes effect, I mean, it's there. And I think that's kind of what this awesome. is. You know, for some of your talks, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I, I'd like both of you to kind of talk real quick about like for you, Jamie, you've given this legal talk in multiple different ways, but at its core, it's still the same. Do you ever feel like you get speaker fatigue because you're talking about it and you don't think like you're getting any traction? Should people go, I should stop talking about this because they're not doing it or should I just change it up? 
So that's a that's actually a great question. So for me, I think all speakers who are well, one, I think the first thing you have to do as a speaker is set your goals. Why do you want to speak? Would it be cool if I had a TED Talk? Sure. But do I want to put my time, effort and energy into it? Probably not because it's not going to pay off for me in a way that matters. So now that you've made that goal, I think then you think about, okay, for me as someone who's using it for the expert status marketing, I need to have a roster of five to seven topics at any time that I can give a talk about so that I don't have that fatigue. Because that fatigue, like you said, it's very real. Sometimes when I give, when somebody requests a legal basics talk. I have to take a moment and remind myself that's a really important talk. I have given that talk so many times. So I've changed it recently. I changed the format of it. I changed how I present it. I'll change it every, say, year or two where I'll make changes to it or tweaks. The way that I think you can also change a talk so you don't get fatigue is your stories. Legal basics in particular, it's dry. Like no matter how much I flail my arms around and awesome I am, it is still a very boring topic for a lot of people. So what's interesting to people is real world stories. And so if I change those stories, that can keep it fresh as well. So for me, with the underwear specifically, I feel fatigued sometimes telling the underwear story and I have not spoken nearly as many times as Jamie, but the same thing can happen. I think even when you're earlier on, just because you've lived your story and you're so used to it. In my case, I talk about my difficult recovery, not being able to find more mesh underwear, having to cut the sides of my underwear. And it's, it gets, you know, for me, it's okay. I've done this. I've lived this. I want to move on. Um, But I, I have been, and we'll probably get into this more later, but I've worked with a speaking coach and trying to understand that specifically for myself and how I feel about telling my story. And one of her responses was that, you know, each time you tell your story, you're telling it to a different audience. There could be one person in that audience that needs to hear that story that day. So I try to remind myself that before I go somewhere and speak. And even if it's even for me, I've spoken on panels, I've gone to high schools, I've any speaking opportunities I've had. And I just try to think, okay, well, they might not need this underwear right now, right? Or ever if they're a guy, but or if they don't have a baby, still my story and my journey about a challenge and, and I do tweak the story, right? If I'm talking to high school kids, I talk about e-commerce and how I started in that. So to Jamie's point, I have a few different versions of it, but the, the story of the challenge and having a need and solving that need for other people, I just try to remind myself that people need to hear that no matter what it is and no matter how many times I've said it. So I like that. That's good. I'm going to have to remind myself of that. I think that's a good piece of advice. It's true. Yeah, it's true. You never know who in that audience needs you. And for legal topics, you can think about the fact that pretty much everyone in that audience <laughs> needs you, whether they like it or not. So I had one of my most crowded rooms at the Women in Travel Summit, and I actually applauded all of them. I gave them a big congratulations that they showed up. People avoid it. They're scared yeah. of it. They don't want to hear it, even though they know they need it. So yeah, you're right. Definitely. Yeah. See? Yeah. It's awesome. So I kind of want to build on that a little bit. I mean, you guys kind of touched on it a little bit earlier and then in, in your answers for this last question, but most of the time you're giving a talk or a session or something, it's at a conference. You really, since we're talking about your brand, which is you, your business, or or the message you're trying to to get out there or the educating of, of people, there's a purpose for that education. So at the end of the day, you have to have an ROI on what you're doing. So when you go into it and you're and this is a twofold question. When you're actually thinking of a topic to put out there, 
Are you thinking about how it's going to advance my message or how it's going to advance my business or how it's going to advance, you know, getting something back for going to these conferences? Because most of the time, let's face it, we're going to a conference on our own dime. So we have to get something out of it. When you come up with that topic, is there a twofold idea how you're going to attack it? I know this is sort of like against conventional wisdom, but I try. Well, this is actually really a great Mary question because of the data. So I actually look at the end now sort of of every year and see because I track where referrals come from. And so I track to see where com- what conferences, what people, what places that my referrals are coming from. I also, it isn't for me just about meeting clients. Sometimes it's meeting someone I'm going to partner with, collaborate with. Sometimes it's seeing people that have become friends in the industry who, you know, we just get to know each other a little bit better and they have something that they can add to me for my business. So it's twofold. I personally really hesitate to evaluate a conference in a way that I need to get X number of referrals from it in order to sort of make it worth my while. Because I find that when I approach it that way, I don't really get anything from it. Because I'm so wrapped up in what can I get from you that I sort of get lost in not really getting to know people. And so somebody I meet, I may not work with them for like a year or two. And that's okay. And so it's for me all about personal connections and meeting people, getting to know people, having conversations with people. If I go to a conference and I don't connect with the attendees at all, then that would not be an ROI for me. And I probably wouldn't go back to that conference. But it's not for me about the number of clients that I get so much as it Am I connecting with the people here? Do I feel as if they're my people? Are they potentially a good client for me? Or do they know people that might be potentially a good client for me? And that's not just the attendees. Sometimes for me, it's sponsors, it's speakers, it's lots of different people. Sometimes it's the person who's organizing the conference. Yeah, I'm actually really on the same page with Jamie on this one. In terms of data, so I do look holistically at the year, what conferences am I going to and why am I going to them? More for, you know, how many am I going to for, say, personal development and how many am I going to connect maybe specifically for my product or for the Transitions Collective. But really, for me, it's it's also about putting the relationships first. So I try to make it a point whether I'm speaking or not, to to make at least one new connection. And I mean, you can make more than that, but one deeper connection each time. And depending how long the conference is, I might say like one or two or three, but really to to meet a couple of people that I can stay connected with in the future, regardless of what it's for. Maybe I can help them with something. Maybe I can interview them for the Transitions Collective. It's not necessarily about knowing what I will get out of it. But, and I know a lot of people say this, I agree with it too, is coming from a place of service and how can I, you know, build these relationships because eventually they will, I mean, they may or may, they may not, but some of them will turn into something. Certainly everyone I meet is not pregnant, but for the underwear, they can gift them to one of their pregnant friends, or I meet influencers or other people that I could collaborate with in the future. So I think just being open to who you can meet and why, but still looking looking at the year and where you're spending your money and where you're spending your time to make sure that it that it has you have some marker for if it makes sense for you. Yeah, I, I like that. I really I, I really try so hard when I'm there not to think about anything other than just like forging connections, talking with people, mm-hmm. meeting with people. For me, networking is I, I don't even love that word. I just 
I mean, Me I either I yeah. really like to talk to people. And so and I'm genuinely interested in what people are doing. Like there was a woman who I started speaking to and I told her at, at this last conference, I said, Oh, I'm a lawyer. She goes, I don't need a lawyer. I'm like, Okay, that's, <laughs> I just want to know what you do. Yeah. Like, right. I, I, you know, and I get that some people feel very oversold. But it was really funny. It was like eye opening to me. I'm like, Oh, great. That's cool. I'm I, okay. Yeah. Like, but what do you do? What's your business? Like, who are you? You know, it's just it's yeah. like, I would walk but, away <laughs> and when but, she said that. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, but it's but it's true. And and the reason she probably said it is probably because she is yeah. oversold from people, mm-hmm. you know, and people are not used to going to conferences and not having people look out like they're, you know, yes. as sharks or, something, you know, yeah. something like trying to go after them. So and that really goes in line with selling from the stage. That is mm-hmm. such a pet peeve of mine. It drives me crazy. I feel like if you're giving a really good presentation with really good information, you do not need to sell from the stage. You're doing it yeah. by just being yourself. And right. so the people who are, who it, when I walk up there and I hear them selling, it, it just, it's an instant eye roll for me. And so I it's think awkward. that's a huge no, no. No one likes it. No like, one likes it. They're turned it. off. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I never, I almost never use, I don't ever use the name of my company. I don't ever talk about, I'm just, I'm, they are there. The, the attendees of the session are there to get information from me, irrespective of anything. And I take that really seriously. And I think that's really important. So I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. Jamie, you've given the I'm a lawyer talk and aspects of that particular talk with, you know, talking about the need for for a person to do A, B, and C when it comes to the legal work, when it comes to blogging or stuff like that. Now, you've actually changed gears a little bit and you've branched out to to apply to talk different talks about doing different sessions. Kind of talk about how how a person is going to apply to a conference and um, how to make that talk interesting. And Mary, you kind of talked talk about how you're approaching it now with not just that idea, but how do you incorporate that with your speaking coach and the things that you're doing with that? My piece of advice is pitch like crazy. Like you're gonna your pitches are gonna get better. You're going to see what gets picked, what doesn't. So you have to just start and like sort of tear off the band-aid. Look at previous year's sessions. See what the conference has picked in the past so you can get an idea. Sometimes the conference will tell you what they're looking for. So read the collateral that is in connection with the pitch uh, form that you're filling out. Keep it short, sweet. Make sure you have a really good elevator pitch. Make sure you have clear takeaways. If you know somebody, email them. It's really easier to get a speaking gig if you know somebody and they can connect you with that speaking pitch. Sometimes you can just ask, what are you guys looking for? You know, if you know someone and if you're lucky enough to um, have a personal connection with the person who's picking the speakers, ask questions, see what kind of sessions or workshops or talks they're looking for and see if you can tailor your talk around that. Um, But really, you're focused on the conference attendees and what they need. It's not about what you want to talk about. um, Because if it was what I wanted to talk about, those would be very sometimes very different talks than what people need to hear from me. Um, And I learned that sort of the hard way when I branched, I went too far from my core message. And they were good talks, but they didn't really do much. They were just something fun I wanted to talk about. And Honestly, if you want to give a talk that's fun that you want to talk about, go do it. But know that's why you're doing it, which is why I'm always circled back to what's my goal? Why am I doing this? What's the whole point of it? You have to pitch or 
you have to know somebody. And even if you don't know somebody and there's no way to pitch, just send emails. They'll let you know and then you'll end up on their radar. And it might take a couple of years, but it's all about sort of building those relationships. Um, I also recommend having a speaking reel or having examples of yourself speaking on video or having a speaking page that gives examples uh, of how you speak, the talks that you can speak about. That's also really helpful because then they can look, um, the person who's booking the speakers can look on your page and see if you'd be a good fit. I think the the knowing who is in the audience and why they're there is huge. Just like um, Jamie was saying, because so that's something I've worked on quite a bit too with with my speaking coach. Shout out to Alyssa, <laughs> Alyssa Weinzimmer. But that's a big thing because depending on where I'm going to speak, what part of my story am I telling them? Am I focusing on e-commerce? Am I focusing on pregnancy and childbirth? Am I focusing on building community as a way to you know, connect with others and, and build your business. So depending on where I'm going and what it's for, that makes a difference. There's always some kind of contact, like there is an email somewhere, or they might have a specific form. So depending if I'm pitching, you know, you can also be speaking on podcasts. So do they have a form to pitch to speak on a specific podcast? Or do they have just an email address or some other way to contact them? But I think depending on what you're doing, there are different ways that you can go about it. I also think pitching is not something that, you know, you just do once and let it sit or, you know, once a month or something. Oh, well, I pitched these ones. So now I'm going to wait. No, I actually block time on my calendar every week or every other week that I'm going to work on pitches. So regardless of if it's for a conference or if it's for a podcast or something else, but I set aside the time so that I'm continuously working on it. I look at it kind of like, more shots on goal, right? If you don't pitch and if you don't try, then you're not going to get those opportunities. So I think that goes for whatever type of speaking you're looking at doing. You ladies have given, given, given. You ladies have given some great information. <laughs> Can you give us one more takeaway, make it brief, but make it one takeaway that we haven't really talked about that you feel should be said. And since Mary just answered that last question. Jamie, you go ahead and answer this one first and then go ahead and uh, Mary, you give me yours. Uh, I'm going to give two uh, and they will be brief, I promise. So my first piece of advice is really evaluate whether you need to be a speaker. A lot of people think sort of like writing a book, I've got to do this, especially in the entrepreneur circles, the creator circles, you think, oh, I, I in order to elevate my business, I have to speak. That's not necessarily true. Um, and going hand in hand with that is be yourself. If you're not a speaker, don't try to be a speaker. It's totally okay. There are other ways that you can elevate your business that are more appropriate for you. I think it's really important that you sort of stay true to yourself because it's really clear when someone walks on stage and they've taken on a different persona than they really are. And my favorite speakers are the speakers that you meet them and they're the exact same way on stage as they are in real life. I think the, the best takeaway is sort of evaluating whether you need to Evaluating whether you want to, and then the best way that you can do it so that you feel good, comfortable, proud of what you're doing, and that you don't feel as if it's anything that's not sort of true to yourself. Mine goes a little bit with that last part, and it's knowing your message and really feeling and believing in your message and what you're saying and, and what you're putting out there. So to be yourself and to know why you're doing what you're doing, because it takes a lot of work. If I didn't know that I wanted to 
impact other people's lives and share my message to help someone else. Like if I didn't know that, then I wouldn't do it because it, it takes a lot of work to pitch, to prepare and everything else. But when you know it and when you're planning to do that and when you feel passionately about it, make sure that it's really that you're talking about your why and your message, because that's what's going to resonate with people in the audience. Don't focus on even like, you know, all of this fluff that people think, you you know, that you think people want to hear, you know, tell them really where you're coming from and the details of that, because that's what's going to resonate with them. And that's what they will remember. Uh, Ladies, I said two good pieces of advice. I don't know. I'm just kidding. You ladies. Oh, you did? Oh, no, I meant the two of you collectively would give us two pieces of good advice. Oh, shut up. Ladies, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun hanging out with you today. I know now we've advanced our listenership with my beautiful, 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 lovely voice. You said beautiful Uh, like four (laughs) times, man. You need to slow your roll. Hey. And he's going to get messages now. Yes. About his beautiful voice. It is. You you ladies are welcome. We're never having you on again. Thank you to everybody who put up with Don and for listening to t- today. Um, we definitely want to talk about speaking in the HQ. If you're not a member of the HQ, you can find us as the Fearless Business Podcast group in Facebook. You can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com and anywhere that you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, all those great ones. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And if you use speaking in your business and maybe what one of your biggest fears about speaking is. Yes, I want to hear people's fears. Tell us and we will (laughs) assuage your fears. Yeah. And Don won't be allowed to answer. Thanks so much. And we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag-legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit thetransitionscollective.com. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.